Hi, this is Pastor Don from Perry Hall Family Worship Center. I'm so glad that you joined into our service today. We are blessed that you are part of it. And you know, my prayer for you is this, that you will be blessed, you'll be encouraged, and most of all, you'll be challenged by the Word of God today. So just get ready and join into the services. Service has already begun. God bless you. Okay, well, we are starting a new series today, and it is a lesson from the book of Ephesians. Many lessons, I should say. Uh, there is a whole lot in it. As I've been preparing for this, this series, it's just like, it's, today we're going to just talk about two verses. Let me just tell you that. This is how much is in Ephesians. It's so rich with, with, uh, with Bible words, encouragement for each and every one of us. I want to put another challenge out for every person. Don't be ashamed of your relationship with God. Don't be ashamed of the gospel. And I'm not saying you are. But here's my challenge. Especially while we go through this series of Ephesians. Bring your Bible to church. You'll see why. You're going you're gonna to know why as you, as you bring it. I'm going to ask you to write in your Bible, highlight it, underline it. But my point is, don't be ashamed to carry your Bible in the church. Don't be ashamed to carry your Bible anywhere. But if you bring it to church, we're getting our heads into this uh, study. We're going to be able to, uh, I'll tell you, I'm, 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 I'm so impressed what's taking place in this church and people's lives. We got the She Seeks yesterday started off. That was a, a great event. I hear Lisa said it was it was very, very, very good. She kept saying it was, it was she, she kept bragging all yesterday about it. We have the um, secrets class Sunday morning. What is this telling me? It's just telling me that, man, we're all hungry for God. We're all, and as a church, we've got to make sure we're putting food on the table. You know what I mean? We really do. And we're doing it. And we're going to continue to do it. So, um, so I'm excited about that. And I'm excited about what God is doing in everybody's life. Amen. Not to mention, we got ice cream afterwards, huh? That's right up there with pizza. I got to say that much. But please stick around and enjoy some time uh, with your fellow brothers and sisters. Amen? Okay, so let's get started into our study here. Now, what I want to say here, if you all notice, I got a little clicker here. I'm not trying to hide it or anything. I got my notes in front of me here. But we're going to go through this letter, this epistle, if you want to call it that, from Paul. Now, today we're going to set some framework. We're going to set a little bit of foundation of what this book is all about, what has taken place, but we're going to, we're going to really zero in on uh, the first two verses. You're going to see here that Paul isn't really dealing with a specific problem in some of his books. He's coming after a couple of churches and saying, hey, you got this going on. You need to straighten up here. You got this activity taking place in church. You guys got to need clean up there. But this one here is not really hitting like a specific problem. Instead, he's, Paul is addressing, if you will, uh, a great theme. He really is. And the theme is, is the Christian's position in Christ. As a member of the body of Christ... We have, a, we have a special position. We really do. And Paul is going to bring out, as we go through, it's kind of like, why, Christians, are you living like slaves? Why are you living this way? When your position in Christ makes you a child of God with a whole bunch of benefits. 
So that's kind of where we're going, and that's what that's just where this book is is going to lead us. Now, this this book, this letter, was written by Paul. He was in a he was in a Roman prison at the time, approximately sixty to sixty two A.D. And it's referred to as one of his letters, his epistles from prison. He wrote some letters from prison, and he had people obviously delivering it. So we also see in this letter that it's broken out really in three sections, if you will. One section, Paul was talking about the, um, the spiritual blessings that you and I have. And then the other part, he's talking about our conduct, how, we're walk, how our walk should be with the Lord. So we're going to see that as things unfold here. But I want to just get into these couple verses here, and we're going to just tear them apart a little bit to bring us to, a, a, I believe, a good starting point for this, um, for this series. So it's Ephesians chapter 1, and it's verse 1 and 2. And here it is. Let, let me get my Bible out. I got my Bible here, and I need to, I need to practice what I preach. So Paul starts out and he says, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God to the saints who are in Ephesus and faithful in Christ Jesus. Grace to you and peace from our God and Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, this was a typical way to start a letter back then. They would, they would bring this, and if you, if you look at some of the other writings, you will see how, it, how they start out in a lot of them. But Paul would start this way. He started with who he is. Now, he's not what you call a self-proclaimed apostle. He's not given himself that title, which is okay, I guess. A couple years ago, I had a, a lady came here. She only came once, and she introduced herself as apostle so-and-so. I don't know if that rubbed me the wrong way or what, you know what I'm saying? But, um, but I don't know, Paul's kind of doing it here. But, but Paul was really ordained by God, by Jesus on this. We see it in Acts 9, 15. If you know the story about Saul, Paul, if you know the story, he was a pretty mean guy. And he was going after Christians and he was, he was running them out of their house and, and turning them over to the authorities for punishment. So there was great fear in this guy Saul's life from the Christians. The Christians were scared of him, and rightfully so, because he was bringing them to death, some of them. But we know the story about him on the road, and God slayed him and knocked him out and spoke to him. And during that time, God was telling him, what I'm going to do with you, Paul, I'm kind of paraphrasing it, what I'm going to do with you, Saul. <laughs> so the story goes on. That God begins to tell Ananias, someone else. Says, look, this guy Paul, this guy Saul, he's, he's working for me. And Ananias said, I don't, we don't like this guy. We don't want to have nothing to do with him. Because he's been, he's been taking us out to, to, uh, you know, to, to prison and everything. But in Acts 9.15, this is what the Lord told Ananias in a vision. He says, he is a chosen vessel of mine to bear my name before Gentiles kings and the children of Israel so God is telling Ananias look I picked out this guy 
I'm, I'm, he's doing my work. So he's kind of given the credentials. He's telling Ananias, hey, tell all the brothers and sister, Paul's working for me now. And you can understand how he must have felt. I mean, let's just be honest. It would be like if an, an ISIS guy converted and all of a sudden, you know, we, we wouldn't trust him very much. You know, I don't know what else to say, but we wouldn't trust him. We would have the fear until we knew that we knew. So the people were afraid of Paul, but yet God ordained him to be, to be not only the vessel, but God used him for the Gentiles, for kings, for Israel. He used him for everybody. So Paul was crossing all the lines. I guess he had the boldness. But the point really is, as it's starting out here, because it's important to, to, to understand to, when you read the Bible, the, the, the important thing is, at the very beginning, who's writing it, but more important, who it's going to. So always try to do that when you read the Bible. Read the very beginning, figure out who's this being written to. Now, we know who this is going to be written to here, but the point really is, is, we're seeing it because we see it at the very beginning. So, he's, so, so Paul is kind of flexing his muscle a little bit. He says, I'm an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God. It's not my idea. Paul's saying, this ain't my idea. This is not my plan. I, I never wanted to be an apostle of Jesus Christ, but he called me to do it. Now, he starts out this letter with, like I said, maybe flexing his muscles a little bit. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God. Whoa, I'm going to listen to this. You know, he could have started out and just said, Paul, to the saints. But he doesn't say that. But he has a lot of clout, if you will, by saying he's an apostle of Jesus Christ. It would be like this. Let me just give you another example. Say, for instance, Lisa wrote you a letter, okay, in, in New Testament form. And she would say, Lisa, to my friends, et cetera, et cetera, you know, nice seeing you all. You know, you probably read it when you get a chance. You wouldn't rush to read it. But if she started out a letter like this, Lisa, wife of Dom, you know, you're going to read that letter. You know, you're, you're going to read that letter. You're not going to. Okay, enough of that. She's back there. I think that's something. Yeah, she saw me. Is right. So Paul's flexing his mus- muscles. And he's saying who he is. Now, he begins to say to the saints, we see in in our verse, to the saints who are in Ephesus and faithful in Christ Jesus. Now, there's there's a clarity that needs to be brought here a little bit, okay? In early manuscripts, Ephesians, Ephesus is not really there. But it's been there for hundreds and hundreds of years. It is said that it went through Ephesus it went through churches, not just one particular church. But it's, it's kind of like, you know, uh, the letter made the circuit. And it is believed that, that um, Priscilla and Aquila was the ones kind of promoting these letters to get out. Priscilla and Aquila, they were just incredible husband and wife for the kingdom of God. But the book is really to the saints. You see it right there. It's really to the saints. Because that's really the original says, you know, it says to the saints and faithful in Christ Jesus. So the question is, who are saints? 
And we're going to spend a few minutes on who, is, who are the saints. I'll tell you who the saints are. The saints are those who made Jesus Christ Lord and Savior of their lives. Period. They're not the religious people. They are the ones who made a commitment to Christ. The Bible says that everyone's a sinner. The Bible says that we have to ask for forgiveness and he's faithful and just and he'll forgive us our sins. The Bible says we have to invite him in and he'll come in. Now that's an event that took place in your life. If you say, well, I really never did that. I mean, I, you know, whatever. Well, then you're really maybe not a saint. You haven't really given your heart to the Lord. How do you know if you've given your heart to the Lord? How do you know if Jesus Christ is in you? Your life has changed. Your life has to change. You can't be a sinner and then all of a sudden become a saint and everything's the same. It just has to change. So you can look in your own life and say, well, has things changed in my life? Or am I playing games? Am I playing religion? Because that's not a saint. That's not being a saint. We see in the word of God, and we see in this letter here, it's to saints. Now, I grew up having a wrong understanding of what it means to be a saint. 100% wrong. Here's, here's what I remember about how to be a saint. Took three things that I remember, but it's probably more than three. One of them was you had to be a person that did extraordinary, something extraordinary in your life. Something totally 100% extraordinary, off the charts. That was one requirement. The other requirement was you had to be dead. <laughs> you had to be dead to be a right? I mean, some people know who I'm, you know what I'm talking about. And the third requirement, this is what I remember, is that it took a vote from church leaders to bring you in to be a saint. Is that, am I right? I'm getting the head shaking. Okay, good. So that's what, that's the way I was brought up that that, that's the way to become a saint. But that's not what the Bible says. That's not at all what the Bible says. Because we're saints here on earth. We don't get to heaven and become a saint. We get to heaven because we are saints. Are you following? You following what I'm saying? You're getting the point here? When we look at the word saint, it means to be set apart by or for God. Holy, sacred, you know, we're not going to be perfect, nothing, nothing like that. I'm not, I'm not saying that because you give your heart to God, you're perfect. I'm not saying that at all. But you're set apart. Something takes place in your life. Set apart by or for God. This is a big one, for God. An attribute of a saint we see here is faithful. Faithfulness, meaning trustworthy. Meaning trustworthy in their stand for the truth. This is what faithfulness means. This is, this is what happens when we become a Christian, a born-again Christian, the real deal when we become a saint. This is what happens. You, you become trustworthy. You stand for the truth. You're not afraid to carry your Bible. You're not afraid to talk about the things of God. But a saint, we do things because we're saints. We do things for God. Now, when we think about this for a minute, if we're doing things for God, God has a plan for us. God has a plan. God has a plan for us saints. We all know Jeremiah 29, 11, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. We know that. 
for I know the thoughts I have God is saying. We know that God has thoughts. We know that he has plans for each and every one of our lives. And they're good ones. We see another scripture here in Ephesians. Moving up a little bit. Ephesians 2.10. It says, for we are God's handiwork. Created in Christ Jesus to do good works. Which God prepared in advance for us to do. We see in Colossians 1.16. All things were created through him. And for him. You were created for him. Now, that doesn't mean we're going to fulfill that plan, that desire that he has for us. Doesn't mean that. It's saying he's got a plan. He's got a purpose for our lives. But it doesn't mean we're going to fulfill it. Because bottom line is, we're going to do what we want to do as human beings. I mean, that's just what it seems like. As human beings, we do what we want to do. Which is not the right thing to do. That's why we need the word of God. So all things were created through him and for him. When you are a saint, you're doing things for God. Let me put it to you in this way. You're either a saint or you ain't. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? You're either an ain't or you're a saint. There's no in-between. There's no in-between. You make Jesus Christ Lord of your life, you're a saint. Your life has changed because you made Jesus Christ Lord of your life. You're a saint. You're a saint because who you are in Christ. Not because you're a good person. Not because you go to church. Not because You're a saint because it's who you are in Christ. So in saying that, Saints need to act saintly. We need to act saintly. How do we act saintly? Well, it gets back to there should be something different in your life as you read the word of God, as you've accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. You are a saint, so now you're, you're different. So things need to change. We're saints, again, because of our position in Christ. Our behavior will change. Or I should say, it should change. Our behavior should. Our actions should change. The activity that we have been doing should change. If you really had a conversion. If you really became a saint. And if none of that changed, well, you're still an ain't. (laughs) You're still not a saint. You know what I mean? So when you do this, you become a Christian. So as a saint, as Paul was saying here, we're faithful to Christ. We're faithful to him. We begin to do what he wants us to do. We live a life according to what he wants. A lot of times you will see the word believer. Believer, saints, they can kind of go hand in hand, if you will. But as saints, we have a job to do. God is using us to spread the gospel throughout the world. Every one of us are important. Every one of us play a part in the body of Christ. So in our lives, we got to make sure we're doing something. People, first of all, need to see something different. Then second of all, they need to hear the word coming from you, the gospel coming from you. It's up to us to do it. God has called us to be, to be saints. Now let's get into the second verse here. We'll start winding down here shortly. Then he goes into grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. 
Saints have peace. You know they have peace. They can have peace in mind even in torment, even during rough times. When you're a saint and you understand the principles of God, when he says cast all all your cares on him, that means so you don't have to worry a whole lot. There's always different levels of worrying. There's always different levels of being concerned. But we have peace. Saints have peace. Why do they have peace? Because their sins are forgiven. Their sins are forgiven. This is why we can have this internal peace. Yeah, in the world, there's going to be trials and tribulations, you know. But with Christ, we can have that peace from the Prince of Peace that can only come from God. This is why we can have that peace. This is why Paul goes into this greeting, if you will. To realize that your sins are forgiven should bring a whole lot of peace in your life. It doesn't mean you're perfect, but it means you're forgiven. No matter what you've done, you're forgiven. And you grow your relationship with God. But that comes with becoming a saint. So again, you become a saint here on earth, not after you die. Why? Because our sins are forgiven here that makes us saints. Now, because our sins are forgiven, we can experience the, the, the peace. But even before that is this. We can't have forgiveness until we have grace. The grace to, grace to you and peace. What do I mean by that? Grace is something that God gives you and me And you know what? We don't deserve it because we're sinners and we don't deserve it. This gift of grace that God hands us, all we got to do is take it, basically. That's when we, again, we get saved, we get born again, we become a Christian. That's when we become that saint. Then we have that forgiveness and that's where we get our peace. The peace comes from God. There's no peace without grace. You're not going to get the grace. I mean, you're not going to get the peace unless you have the grace. What is the grace? Accepting the gift that God has for you. No peace, no grace, but from God and Jesus Christ. You won't get it from nowhere else. So that's that unmerited favor we may know, that favor we don't deserve, that God hands us, that gives us. It's a blessing of God poured out upon us who doesn't deserve it. Man, think about that for a little bit. Just think about what God has done for us. Grace is always free for the one who receives it. It's free for you and I. It's a gift. But but someone paid a price for it. It's free for us, but it costs God his only son. Think about that for a little bit. And the point really is, have we really even accepted it? It's a free gift. But have we really accepted it? We can stand at this time. As we begin our journey in the book of Ephesians, Paul's letter to the churches, Paul's letter to the saints, Paul's letter to each and every one of us, I pray that you will get revelation from God in a powerful way. I challenge you again to read the entire six chapters of Ephesians this week. 
You can probably read it several times. It doesn't take that long. I pray that you get a revelation, not just the words, but you get a revelation of what God is saying. Logos, we're reading. Rhema is, okay, God, now I get what you're saying. I pray that you get Rhema. You get a revelation as you read. But I would appreciate you reading Ephesians because as we go through this journey, it's going to help all of us figure out what has taken place. We're going to see Paul saying, hey, man, you got to live this way. Why are you, why are you living this way? You should be, you know, you should be living this way, a God way. We're going to see the benefits that God has, the blessings that God has for each and every one of us. We don't have to live in a life of fear, a living of anxiety and being worried, sick to death. That All that tells you is where you're at with God. That's all that does. It tells you where you're at with God. But when you accept the grace, when I, I hope everyone here is born again, who has a relationship with Jesus, I hope everyone here, let me put it in other words, is a saint. And if you're not a saint, don't leave this building without becoming a saint. The prayer team's up here to pray with you. I'll pray with you to become a saint. <laughs> I don't know how else to say it. it sounds kind of corny, but, but the point really is, is that we become saints here on earth. And being saints here on earth comes with the benefits of the, of the peace, the, the, um, the forgiveness, the grace that God has given each and every one of us. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you for this time. I thank you for each person here. And Lord, I thank you for uh, this word in, in Ephesians as, we, as we're beginning our journey into it, Lord. Father, I pray that we grasp this, uh, this topic with being a saint and getting it, getting it right with you today, Lord. Father, I pray that we have an understanding of what it means to be a child of God, to be able to experience the peace that only you can provide. For, through the forgiveness of our sins. Lord, bless us this day. Bless us this week. Protect us, Lord. And Father, I pray that each person dives into these six chapters this week. And Lord, I pray that you reveal to them words that they don't see there on the pages. I thank you for so many blessings. But most of all, I thank you for Jesus dying on the cross and rising from the dead for our sins. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Well, thank you again so much for tuning in. I hope you were blessed by the service and I hope God was really speaking to you. Let me encourage you to go to the church website at perryhall.life and click on the Jesus link. This will tell you a little bit more about how to get that personal relationship with Jesus Christ to make him Lord and Savior of your life. Again, thank you so much for tuning in and I hope you tune in next Sunday at 11 a.m. as well. Thank you, God bless you and have a great day.